Now, you are now we're ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> little technical difficulty there. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump before into this week's episode. Yes. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ so, program. Just to back up as hard. If we have a knock on wood, I'll talk you. about it's it. We haven't built strength and cardio. There's only been a couple of times. Yeah. very beginning. I remember even when you first got this program. This the software patch up on us. Yeah. So we put this program together so we can just follow along. Yeah. Like you will see and feel the benefits that we do. Corrupt the file. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to grumpyguybjj.com. There you go. Click the drop down menu. Here we are. We got Z. Z, Z Next, the gray belt. R3. Sweet. Yep. Is, this is our K2 right, D3 supplement. It is a combination, combination of those two vitamins, D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that Jane and I have been taking for a long time. Yeah, she's going to be. really help us recover from our training sessions. I told her that curriculum that I'd come up with. I feel like if she knows that, like that's blue belt. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2. You understand? But I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I'll have to talk to Kevin about it. It it helps me recover. That's I'd, it. I'd be comfortable so putting 15 blue bucks, when she turns check 16. it out. Yep. And, she's, and last, right but certainly not least, we have partnered up with jiu-jitsu.com. They have February. a ton of awesome yep. BJJ so instructors. Really, in the no, they have hooked us up with a discount September. code for our yeah. listeners. Yeah. It's she's been training as long as I have. So what you got to do is go to jiu-jitsu.com. She started right when I did. I trained for a couple weeks and she was like, I want to do that. So she's had some Find time off and, you want, and you know, all cart, that, but like she's been training box, pretty consistently for almost eight years. So and it, it is, man. Yeah, we're we're such a head start. I, I mean, I started. I'm happy. Like I started back in 2004. So I've been doing jujitsu for 16 years now. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So I was. How old was I? Pretty sweet setup. So once again, D I G I T S U dot com. Man, imagine if you were started. Discount code Grumpy Ten. G R U M P Y. I know. <laughs> Four. 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 Like, yeah. like me. I mean, really. Yeah. Find all yeah, the stuff I just uh, got done talking about. Go it, to our website, so grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop down menu in the upper right hand corner. We had there. To, uh, to get his gray belt. He's right at the point where he was ready for it. You'll find links for the Ramping Isos program, R three recovery supplement. And then under the programs and products tab, and you'll find a link to jujitsu.com. And let's be honest, to give a kid a if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing that can help you. Something like so that. quit it's fucking like, around. Hey, we need to have a good Check it out. Train hard. It so let's get into this week's episode. That, you know, good, good behavior gets rewarded sort of thing. And so he did a real good job with it. Well, yeah, yeah. And, Bell's uh, just starting about being good at arm bars. Nope. They're about everything, man. Be good martial artist, it's... Everything in life, dude. Yeah, have you a good attitude. Good in oh. the gym, outside of the gym. Good training partner, good friend, all that stuff. Actually, I remembered when the belt was, when you were going to give me the belt. So, I remember that it was going to be later. Yeah, you. It, uh, we were in the, that range. Technically, with the kids, every eight classes, they get a stripe. Because mm-hmm. that would represent coming to two classes a week for a month. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's, uh, you know, and so anyway, so was it? No, white belt. And then, then it goes every 16 classes because it's every two months for a stripe. Because I don't want to get fucking crazy. I don't want like 12 stripes no. on the belt. It's like, I think, I think four white stripes and then a red stripe and then the next one's your belt. Because that's technically the six promotions mm-hmm. right and so that's a year which is what the kids belts are supposed to be is like spaced out a year gotcha. apart 
And so, uh, so anyway, so the kids know. They kind of know. They and I don't mind because they get motivated, man. No. They see like, oh. Well, that's part of the reason for it. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm on class number six. Yeah. You know, like they know. They know around like class seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there they're going to get a stripe. So he, uh, he knew his belt was coming up. That's why I was like, look, even if you get, you're on class number eight, man, and you have a tough class and you don't have a good attitude, like it, you're not guaranteed your belt. It's not like a, a stripe. Like belts are different than stripes. I need to see you have a you know, show, show, have a good attitude. And, and he did, you know, it's uh jujitsu is frustrating. It's frustrating <laughs> for fucking adults. It's frustrating for me. I have many days even rounds yeah you know where it's just frustrating like, yeah oh i should have done this i should have done that attitude. why is that dude smashing, smashing me? the yeah. crap out of me yes oh yeah so. dude it's it's not an easy thing man no it's, it's not like sitting down and watching tv playing video games no so anyways all right man we're done talking you're here you're ready you're ready to give us the pokemon update we gave the yeah. z update wait <laughs> i thought i already gave no, no man. We, we started talking. We just started right? talking. We didn't even let it's, you talk. It's five minutes, 15, 16 seconds into it already. I know, man. So. People are pissed. <laughs> we had people tuning in just for the Pokemon update, and they had to listen to us babble on. Sorry. <laughs> no. Excuse my dad and my dad's friend. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you ready, man? Yes. What's the Pokemon update today? I'm a champ EX. Ooh, I'm a champ. <laughs> He's got a bunch of arms. He has four arms. Oh. His attacks are steaming mad, which does 20 plus damage. I like that one. And crazy hammer, which does 80 plus damage. Mm. And, the, and this little thing on the bottom is just a Pokemon EX roll. Okay. It's... And, Oh, it's a shiny star rare. Oh, wow, okay. That's a cool kind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What kind? Has he got any weaknesses? Mm. Two psychic types, which do 20 more damage, and it has no resistance. Okay. What type is it? Is he a ground type? Or? Yeah, he's a ground type, which does one, and he has... 180 hit points. I was going to say that a ground type does 180 hit points. Yeah. So do you think someone with four arms would be... Would that, would that be harder to wrestle? Or would it be easier to joint lock them? How would you look at that? I think it would be harder because what if he was using... What if he was just steaming mad or using crazy hair? Does he have legs? Yeah. Also, so yeah. he has legs. You can ankle lock him too. So he has four arms and two legs. But He's got what if he... six limbs that you can joint lock. That's pretty but, tough. But what that if... is pretty tough. That'd be pretty tough to deal with. <laughs> it man. would be, man. What if <laughs> he was using positive. crazy hammer? Then... Well, then I would say, hey, we don't hit in jujitsu. Stop that. You're not following No, what if it was wrestling? Well, like... you don't hit in jujitsu. You don't hit in wrestling. No, like. Listen, if you're in a UFC, Pokemon battle, UFC. then it would be different. What if, like, in UFC? What if you're in a Pokemon UFC and somehow you found yourself fighting him? With four arms? That'd be tough. Yeah, I'd be... Because he can hold you down with two hands and punch you with the other two hands. I'd try hands. to talk you out of it. <laughs> so, unless you had some crazy power that we don't know about. I do. Okay. Okay, we got one more question for you. Would you rather have four legs or four arms? Um, what do you think would be a better skill? 
forearms because if I had my legs chopped off, I could just walk with them. That's true. But with four legs, you could run really fast. Think how fast dogs are. That's being like a fucking centaur. Yeah. But, but... I think I'd want to be a centaur. But if I... Centaurs don't have arms. They do. It's upper body... I thought they just said oh, they had like human. an upper torso, they had horse legs. No, they that, the, do they have arms? Yeah, yeah they do, don't they? They got arms. Because right. they're famous for like their archery skills. That's right. Chiron was the uh, hero trainer for Hercules and all the other. I don't know, man. Heroes. Four legs would be pretty sweet. You'd be pretty no, strong and but, fast. But yeah. if I wanted to it's run true, man. really fast, I could just get on my arms and just. Yeah, it's not quite the same. Centaurs are pretty formidable. I may have to rethink that. I don't know. That'd be tough. Yeah. You'd have to analyze it. You'd have to have a pros yeah. and cons list. Well, we'll think about that and uh, we'll how, get back. How's school going, man? Good. Yeah. yeah it's a, he's got his uh, net gator, so I guess to dress up like a ninja for school. Sweet. Yeah. AKA wear a mask. But they're in class, man. They're doing it. Still doing it. Yeah. How long have they been in school now? Four months, roughly? It's been about three weeks. Three weeks. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's been going good. It's good. Bet you it's fun to be back playing with your friends. It is. Learning cool stuff. Yep. Especially now the fire's out and he's not out sucking up soot and ash everywhere. I was was bad there for a couple weeks, man. Yeah. That was really bad. All right, dude. Thanks for the Pokemon update. I think we're, uh, you look like you're about done. You got a cool Mr. Freeze gun that you made, which I like. I didn't make it. It came with the Lego set. All right. Sweet. Well, cool. While you and Mr. Freeze and Machamp go uh, listen to your mother and be good. Man. All right. On that note. Maybe. The white jacks wanted out this whole time. All right. See you, buddy. (laughs) All right. There you go. 30 times. Pokemon update. Life of a seven-year-old. Yeah. It's funny, man. The uh, going, taking him to school, it's a kind of an eerie experience because there's two things going on. One, there's a lot of people who opted for online learning. So there's a lot fewer people with kids in school, period. And then they opened up another elementary school because like they were starting to, like they needed it. They had so many kids at Rimrock, like it was getting too full. And so... You have a smaller pool of kids and then you split them up between two schools and like taking him to school now, it's like, it's not unbusy, but it, it compared to how it was, it was a fucking zoo. Mm-hmm. Like the, the bike rack was just stuffed with bikes and just cars everywhere and people everywhere. And now you go and it's like, it's a little, like I said, it's almost kind of eerie. It's like, there's so fewer people than there were. You're like, man, what's wrong? And like I said, the, the other elementary school has a big part of it, but there is just that element of like, you know, we are sitting here with the coronavirus. There are a lot of people who aren't. He's got to wear a mask to school and, you know, all the teachers have masks on and all this stuff. And it's, uh, it's yeah, it's an interesting experience. How many kids uh, are in his classroom, do you know? About 15. That's it, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. He's that's good. good. I mean, you, it get is. More, you get more teacher attention that way. And- yeah. It's good for the kids. It is good for the kids, but it's interesting, like, how many people opted for the online learning, and it's like, you know, what was the motivation there? Is it, like, you know, easier for you? Because 
You, you know, don't have to take them. You don't have to take them and pick them up and all that stuff. Or is it really better for the kid? So I think there are some kids who do better, you know, with the online learning stuff. But man, the biggest point of school, I mean, at least for me, for the first few years, is the social aspect. Mm-hmm. It's more like learning how to deal with other human beings. And so taking that out and saying like, oh no, well, we're technically covering the education side of it, but we're completely missing the socialization aspect of it. Like that's, that's interesting. That's weird to me. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be curious to see what the ramifications of that are. Uh, well, down I mean, the road. yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. They're basically being homeschooled. They're being homeschooled. That, that's and just you know, what it is. Like homeschooling is way more prevalent nowadays. And there's, and it's, um, there's a lot more, like, if you do homeschool your kid or they do a blended thing like, you know, like Shiloh does, mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunities for them to get out and still do the social, you yeah, know, the sports, yeah. you know, and stuff like that yeah. in, in normal times, you know, not pandemic times or whatever. But, you know, like, when you and I were growing up, you would only come across these homeschool kids once in a great while, like, from yeah. where I was from anyways, and you would run into them, like, I've, I, you know, I was in karate class as a kid or whatever it was, and or, you know, some soccer team. And every once in a while, you'd have some homeschool kid show up and do the activity. And they were always a little off <laughs> because they hadn't been socialized as much. Yes. They just, you know, it, it's... I, 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 it's just a matter of fact. I, right? I was homeschooled fourth and fifth grade. Were you? Yeah. And it definitely... I mean, I think I'm just a little off in general. Uh, socially, it's mm-hmm. not my strongest, um, you know, skill set. But that didn't help me at all, for no. sure, man. Being out of school for two years uh, and having very limited contact. Like, we would do, for us, it was uh, it was church. Like, my dad, and that's one of the reasons that I was being homeschooled, because he was um, going to preaching school. And, like, he was fucking balls deep in all this stuff. Like, that was a time when he was like, oh, we're done celebrating Christmas because it's just a fucking pagan holiday that they, you know, blah, blah, blah. So... Yeah, we had a year where it was like no Christmas, and uh, and and so and that was one of the the so reasons. So your dad, sorry to interrupt, I just yeah no no. So no. I hey, you know that that and the more you get to know people, you get these little backfill in things. So your dad was kind of a little extreme with things, kind of like you are, huh? Like yeah. when, you, when you get into something, you're like you get into something. Oh yeah, and you so don't you, do it half ass. Your old man was the same. Yeah way. yeah man. That's Once awesome. you get into a rabbit hole, man, you just see how deep that motherfucker goes. That's hilarious. So, Sorry, I didn't know. No that. no no no. But that was that was it. Like once he decided, like man, I'm into this religion thing. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just go to church. No, you're in it. You become a fucking preacher. And so it's like, oh yeah, well, how do we become a preacher? It's like, okay, well I got to go to preaching school. And so, well we're gonna go to preaching school. And so now he's in preaching school at the. The, the fucking Sunset School of Preaching in, in um, fucking Lubbock, Texas, man. So I lived there for a couple years, and which is like smack dab in the middle of Panhandle, Texas. Like, yeah, you're familiar yeah. with Texas. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking... I remember dust storms rolling through, man. Like, everybody come inside. You can see the giant fucking cloud of dust moving this way. It's, mm-hmm. you know, dust storm. It's like, it's, <clears throat> it's crazy. There's nothing out there, man. And, uh, but... Yeah, I got pulled out for, I don't know, he said I had problems. I don't remember, like, having problems, like, fights and stuff. I remember just, like, normal stuff with kids. But I think it was more, you know, the 
pulling me out of like the secular influence of school and you know they're teaching them evolution and all this shit and so you know they got a good Mennonite based curriculum I know a shit ton about the Mennonites dude because like all the school stuff was around like you know you would have uh you know it was a curriculum made for you know Mennonites and so it was all based around like their culture and so they would all the problems and stuff and it was just a weird insight into uh, into another culture from my kitchen table hmm. as I'm learning my you know math and English and stuff, and so uh, but yeah, it was not good for me socially. But that was we had church, so I did have some interaction with kids and stuff. But man, I remember even then, you know, he pulled me out of like the regular class, and I was in like the like. I was in like fourth, fifth grade, and I was in with like the junior high and high school kids. Because I was pretty fucking smart. Right, like your church class? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I've always been, I don't know. Pretty smart. Yeah, I start reading shit. I remember things. It's like it doesn't take long for me to um, start figuring things out. And so, yeah, like intellectually, like I was more advanced than my peers. But again, like socially, I, I wasn't didn't belong with these fucking high school kids. And so, yeah, like both places there, I, I, like I was getting, it was weird, like how it was like, I'm being, this the whole social aspect wasn't even thought of. And I remember coming back into school and just being like, fuck, dude, I'm, that was, this isn't good. Like what happened? And that was before you said fourth grade and fifth grade? Yeah. It was like the end of fifth grade or like sixth grade, somewhere in there when I went back into school. But uh, yeah, it was... An interesting experience. So I was one of those weird homeschool kids for a couple of years, but it's a to- it is a totally different experience now. Like then, like it's, I said, like I, we had to different. find fucking Mennonite books. Like that's like you were. That's how you had like, that. That was what your choices were. You know, they were super limited. It wasn't a totally normal thing. So yeah, now you got online stuff and all sorts of things. But if you're not thinking about that and you're just looking at the technical side of like, oh yeah, they're learning their ABCs and and you know. They're, they're covering their, the technical side of the education and they're missing that social side. That's dude, not that's good. so much. Like, dude, basically, like elementary, man. Like yeah. Kindergarten through really like fifth, you know, fifth and sixth grade, you're starting to learn some math that it will be useful later on in life. Yeah. You know, you know. But, dude, still the big majority of it is just the social. Learn how to deal with your friends. Learn how to deal with assholes. <clears throat> yeah. Learn how to deal with authority figures and everything. Yeah, you know, learn how to behave in public, how yeah, to have a schedule. That's everything. Dude. Yeah. That's that's what that is. That's, yeah. Yep. No, I know, man. And so it's going to be like if they're not having that. But what's funny, man, the flip side isn't good either because we've talked before about how like too much socialization, like you're at like high school, especially by the time you get to high school and you're there for fucking eight hours or whatever it is, however long they're there, like 90% of that time is filled with bullshit Mm -hmm. you just the social it's over socialization and you get like sucked into all these other things and it's like the education becomes the like this little like backdrop thing to all the drama and shit unfolding and it's 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 too much especially today man with like social media and just like how toxic Mm -hmm. uh the situations can get and dude you know you're talking our uh you know kid we both know is dealing with fucking bullies and mm-hmm. fights and stuff at school it's like that's i don't know it's weird man it's too much it is too much it almost seems like uh 
like sending kids to half days of school, even in high school, would be better because you'd have to be more focused. Like, hey, man, you're only asking instead of being here for yeah from eight a.m. until three thirty or whatever it is. Yeah, we're here eight to noon, and the other half of kids are here noon to three. I think the hybrid model's and, perfect. And pack the you know pack what you need to learn in there. Yep. And yeah. Online. You need to limit. Like at some point, like I, I think that's the thing now. Like we need to use technology to limit the socialization because it is it gets toxic, and uh, but to completely cut it off for a lot of kids, especially young kids, right? It's not going to impact like high school kids as much, but yeah, young kids who are, you know, first, second, third grade, you know, they miss a year or two of going to school and do mm-hmm. virtual learning. Like that's those, gonna, are, those are formative years. Yeah, that's going to impact yeah. their social skills mm-hmm. uh, down the road. So it'll be. Yeah, whatever. Like all of it, interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see. Does uh, Z have to do any online stuff, or is it all? No, it's just all all at school. Yep, we're all just crossing our fingers, seeing how long it lasts. So far, it's been pretty good. We haven't had any uh, major problems. Uh, I mean, Tim was saying at college, I guess, or at the the university there. There was it like Thanksgiving break. They're just telling the kids like just stay home until the next uh, semester because they come back from Thanksgiving and like the time between that and like Christmas break is just, pretty just a few short. Weeks, yeah. yeah. So it's like, man, just all that traveling back and forth, just minimize it. So that makes um, sense. From, yeah. Because if kids go home at Thanksgiving, wherever they travel to in right. the country, then they come back, they come back for a couple so. weeks and then it's just, yeah, just stay where you're at. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, we're, See where we end up, man. Everybody just kind of. I do so much is gonna is uh, just kind of waiting to see what happens in the election. It all depends on who gets elected. <laughs> dude. That's gonna change. It'll uh, that'll have a drastic difference on the, how we proceed as a country afterwards. Yeah. Come November, what is it? Seventh, ninth, fourth, whatever the election day is. Yeah. Come November, man. Uh, yeah. No one. None of us are gonna know what happened. Like. You, you, none of us could make a good guess as to what's going to happen. No. And no. Because, yeah, I mean, I think if Biden or Democrats get elected, like, this shit's just going to kind of go away. You're not going to hear anything about it. You know, a lot, a lot of, but then, It's enough to make a rational person, like, want to vote for him, even yeah. though it's a complete... Like, you know, you're not voting for him. You're voting for Kamala Harris, or whatever the oh, fuck her God. name is. Yeah. <clears throat> that exactly... We're saying someone's gonna befall that dude in the first six months of his presidency, and like that's who they really wanted, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. Tulsi Gabbard like shot her down; she became like a non-viable option <clears throat> against Trump himself. But you put her in this situation, and she gets on with Biden, and then like I said, like Biden's fucking, you know, one foot out the door already. Dude, he's one foot in the grave already. <laughs> yeah, but that's but you know that's what I'm saying though. Like I. I'm I'm standing behind that prediction 100%. I fully I I'll be shocked if that's not what happens if Biden gets elected. But who knows, man? It's uh it'll be fucking uh, I don't know. It's fucking irritating. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the world is upside down right now, man. We we are getting so divided as a country too. Yeah. Every I mean, we generally do come the election year. You'll you'll notice it more than others, but this this one is different than all the other yeah that we've we've experienced in our adult life it's it's a different time yeah man there's fucking do-gooders who are just playing with forces that they don't understand yeah I, I just i think that there's a lot of people with good intentions who don't really understand what they're doing 
by creating these divisions and, and the rhetoric and stuff on both sides. And <clears throat> I'm reading this book called Crucial Conversations, and it's all about how to have difficult conversations. And you know, like when, <clears throat> excuse me, when the stakes are high, emotions are high, you know, how do you broach these things? And these are our psychologists, which, you know, is a branch of science, and they've studied this for like a long time. And, and what they were looking at is, you know, there are people who can consistently handle these crucial conversations well, and most of us can't. Mm -hmm. And so, well, what's the difference? What are they doing that the rest of us aren't? And so by looking at it, you can pinpoint certain skills that you can use to improve your chances of having a productive conversation. And so this is, this is based on science. And it is crazy. I'm reading this and everything they're saying to do and everything they're saying not to do, like, like the, the whole, like basically like the Black Lives Matter movement is doing exactly what they say not to do. If you want to have a crucial conversation with someone, you don't lead with emotion and you don't lead with accusations. You don't say you're a racist. You lead with the facts and you say, hey, here's what's happening. Now, from our point of view, here's what we think's going on. How do you see it? Right? Like that's how you have a conversation about it. But to come flying in and be like, white privilege, everyone's racist, systemic racism. Mm -hmm. It's like, that is the exact opposite. As soon as people hear those things, they shut down. When right. You, when you lead with, when you assign meaning to what somebody's doing. Yes. Right off the jump. Yes. And that's it's a story. You create a story in your head. That's what they talk about. Yep. There's three stories that people fall back on. The, the, uh, the, the victim story, the villain story, and the I'm stuck, I have no choice story. Like, and so like those are the stories that, but they're stories. Right? So it's like, well, what are the facts? And then you say, okay, well, like, and then you, yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, 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 that's fine. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. But those, that you can see where these three stories keep popping up over and over again, where people are an innocent victim. They have no hand at all in their current situation. It is just 100% someone else doing something to them. Or you got the villain where you have someone who's evil. Like you have someone who is doing things because they are evil. Like this is where racist comes in, right? Like the reason this person's doing this is because he's a bad, bad person. And then you have the like, I have no choice where you're just stuck in a situation where you have no other option than to do what you're doing. And usually the three are kind of like blended together. Mm -hmm. But man, you can see where this, the, the conversation it's so unproductive because it's it, there. We're just getting shoved this story shoved down our throats, and we either we accept it or we're part of the problem. And it's like, wait a minute, man! Like, what are the facts? And like, well, what's you know, the, like your story isn't reality. That's just your fucking story. And we talk about this all the time. Like, you you control how you interpret things. Like, fucking Shakespeare back in the day. Like, you know, nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. That's it right there. That's it, man. So, yeah, it's it's fucking maddening. The, like, the fucking science. Like, we know that how this is being handled is unproductive at best and destructive at worst. And yet, there is no attempt by anyone in authority 
to like point this out and say, look, man, like we need to, especially like on their side, like saying, hey, if we really want to have a productive conversation with, with everyone, like we need to tone the fucking rhetoric down yep. and we need to start focusing on the facts and what we can do to address the facts of the situation, not our emotion and these like systemic racism. And it's like, how do you address systemic racism? Like, where are the facts for, like, I don't understand what that fucking means. Like, but if you come and you point out, hey, you know, look, like, you know, housing in this area. And, you know, at one point they had like the red line where they wouldn't sell. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, I can see like that's okay. But how do we address that? Mm-hmm. Right. Or it's like, well, I don't really see that as being systemic racism. Like there's a lot of uh, situations where it's economics, right? Like mountain biking is a good example. Like they're saying mountain biking is racist, but it's not. It's just, you got fucking $8,000 bikes you're trying to sell to people. It's, it's economics. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to advertise to? People that can afford your shit. People that can afford your shit. And they're usually not people in poor areas, which are predominantly minority. And again, we can argue about why these people are there and all that stuff like that. But to say that a, a, a whole industry is racist because they don't have as many colored people uh, as you know, as you would see in society, right? If there's not the same percentage of everything in, in there. And it's, it's like, that's fucking madness. Mm-hmm. It is madness. And now we can't even address the real problems being had. I, I read this uh, the other day. Man, I'm fucking sorry. I'm on a- no, no, go with it, dude. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get fired up here too. Cause this shit- dude, this, this is what I'm going to, I'll fucking, I'll say this and I'll let you comment because I'm sure you're going to have some fucking comments on this. Yes. I saw, and you may have seen or heard this. It was a, a, uh, a councilwoman over on the front range, like Denver area. And she's a Latino woman and she got in a bunch of shit because some lady, one of the other councilwomen was saying, like proposing, a, a you know, abolishing the police force and, and, and establishing a peace force or some fucking nonsense. And she said something along the lines of, you know, hey, I, I you know, appreciate that. I, I support a lot of your initiatives. But a lot of what we're seeing is black on black violence and brown on brown violence. She's a Latino woman from these areas. Mm-hmm. Apparently you can't say these terms like black on black and brown on brown is now like hate speech and offensive. You have to say the term lateral violence. Oh my God. So yeah, so here we are, a Latino woman who lives in these areas, who is trying to address the real problems in the area. Not that this isn't a problem, but there's also other problems. Not not the real problem, I'm saying, but right. the other problems, right? It's a multi-layered thing. Getting rid of the police and, and establishing a peace force isn't going to take care of this black-on-black and brown-on-brown violence. And But instead of focusing on that, you had some obscure fucking group, man, but they got some platform on social media that allows them to start screaming to high heaven and you know asking for her to be recalled and, and fucking threatening to have a protest at her house over her use of this term. And she had to like come out and be like, you know, I apologize. This was a great opportunity for me to learn how these words, you know, impact people. And, you know, the terminology that I use was offensive and I recognize that now. And so this was a great learning opportunity for me to better understand how to express myself with these issues. And it was like, holy shit, man. That is fucking, that's so scary. And uh, what the, um, goddamn, what was her name? 
was Abigail Shire, the, the, the chick that Joe Rogan interviewed a while back on the transgender um, oh yeah, thing, I, I like the first one. I know who you're talking about, but yeah, yeah, but she said something that man, it was just an offhanded comment, but man, it made me think. Like, dude, she, that was really profound. She's she said that social media has done more to stifle free speech than anything else. Mm-hmm. That's 100 percent true. That is true. Like, it's fucking crazy. It is stifling free speech because people are so afraid of the social media mob. They they can't they can't speak they can't freely. express themselves freely. No, e- even with good intent. Yeah, like, you know, just that lady. Yeah, she's trying to help. She's trying to help, not offend people. And it's not a, it's not a fan. I mean, she's just stating the facts. Like, hey, a good majority of black people getting shot or violent crimes is black on black crime. It, I, dude, I was actually I didn't bring the stats in with me, but most of the time, dude, like if you or I are going to get shot, most of it's another white guy that's going to shoot us. Yeah, most, most violent interactions happen, you know, within a race. Yeah, within your own and like kind with, of group. With your within your own group. Yeah, and the statistics prove that. Like you, you can I know you can skew statistics and find studies to prove whatever you want, but man, that one right there, it's hard to skew. Like most of the time, man, it's interracial violence. Um, yeah, dude, it's but you, like you or say, intra, intra. Sorry, in, yeah, sorry, intra, not inter. Yeah. Uh, intro. But to even say that nowadays is considered yeah. racist. Like, come on, man. It's not. It's not racist to say that. Right. It just look at the numbers. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's uh, just a way to deflect from the is. real problem. But like I say, it's just it's ironic because again, it's just another example of how irrational this entire thing is, which is like there is science behind how to have critical conversations like this. And right now, you can write a fucking textbook definition of how to not handle this by the rhetoric and shit coming out of the Black Lives Matters movement. And it's it's like I like man on a on a on a moral level, like do I want to get behind it? Like yeah, like you would agree with if yeah. someone just said it's just the words. Hey man, Black Lives Matter, right? Of course they do. Fuck yeah, they do. But that, that now that term means so much more, and it's because there is rhetoric coming from people who say that they represent that movement. Mm-hmm. And that rhetoric is largely like storytelling as opposed to fact-telling. And, and then that's just, that's just not how you have conversations. And again, like maybe you're right. Maybe there is fucking racism in some cases. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're not seeing things fully. Like you don't understand, hey man, or whatever. But until you can enter a conversation with the initial thing, like, hey, this is what I know. This is how it makes me, this is what I I think is going on. But I need to know what you think as well so we can have a full picture of everything. And then we can discuss things from there. And we can can say, what is our mutual purpose here? Right? Like, I think that's the other thing is like, we can't arrive on a mutual purpose. Like, what is the mutual purpose? If the mutual purpose is for like, you know, a, 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 you know, uh, a society where people don't have to worry about interactions with the police uh, based on their skin color. Who's going to disagree Who's with that? Who fucking disagrees with that? No one. No one's going to disagree with that. But that's not, you know, there's, what they're saying is we want to tear the system down. 
And we're saying, well, we want to fix, you know, fix cost. The system. Yeah, we want to fix it, but it's, it's we can't even agree on a mutual purpose mm-hmm. because their purpose is so fucking like insane and like still so you can't. And so it's so divisive. It's so divisive. And, and people people just start want to go the other way hard. Yeah, because there's no one in the middle, right? Wanting to have those conversations. Like, listen, okay, like you said. I mean, that's a, that's a, such a great point. Uh, and how to have conversations, those tough conversations with people. Like, okay, listen, this is what I see happening and don't color it. Don't put your lens on it. Right. This is what I see happening. This is why I think it's happening and this is how I, you know, how I see it going to go. What do you think? You know, what's your interpretation of it? Yeah. Okay. And then, well, okay. And then you back up, where are we trying to go? We all want to get to this point. But yeah, man, those, it's just all just casting stones right out the gate. Yeah. It's everything's just, you attribute everything, yeah, just like we talk about it from a coaching standpoint, you know, teaching people jiu-jitsu. Um, when you see somebody, when you're trying to give somebody a pointer in a match, like, hey, you know, I, I saw you doing this, and it's really easy. I catch myself doing it. I assume you were doing this, you know, framing this way because of this. Right. I assign meaning to what you were doing. Yeah. But if I was to say, hey, I think it might be, why were you doing this? Or I think it might be better to do this. Uh, it's a it's a more productive conversation. Yeah, and a more productive way to to help somebody. When you see, okay, I see you doing this. This is what I think. Why were you doing that? Right. And they, then once they explain why they were doing that, like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, you're trying, and then and then you figure out where they're trying to go. Okay, what's your goal? Why were you trying to do that? Okay, maybe you can get there this route. You know, maybe you can do this. Yeah. But when you just come at like, hey, that was dumb. I saw you doing this. Right, you see it through your. You, see it you through tell your, your story, yep. and then you start coaching your story to them. Yep. it makes it more difficult. It does. Yeah, you got you got to see what their story is, their yeah. interpretation of it. In the in the book, they call it the shared pool of meaning, mm-hmm. but that's basically what you you want to get everybody to contribute to this pool of meaning, this this you know uh, this base of understanding here, and then we can build on that. So, but no one's going to contribute if they don't feel safe. If they feel like if I if I say something, you're going to take it the wrong way and you're going to use it against me. Like I'm just not going to say anything, yep. or else I'm going to get real like hostile with it uh, and and come firing at you first, assuming that you're going to come firing at me back. And neither one of those things are productive. So if people don't feel safe to contribute to the shared pool of meaning, then you can't have a, that conversation. And so that's why like you coming in and saying like, you're a fucking racist. Mm-hmm. Guess who is like, well, okay, guess who's not contributing to that pool of meaning yeah. at this oh, point? Oh, I'm racist? That's it. All right. Yeah. And, but it's like, hey, this is what we see. All right? So here's the first part of the pool of, of what we're putting out there. Now, this is kind of the reason we're assigning to it, the story we're telling. You know, here's some more meaning. Now... You know, what do you think? And then if you can contribute to it, like I said, exactly from like the coaching thing, because a lot of times you don't necessarily see, you don't feel the same thing. You Mm -hmm. think you do, but that's why it's important to ask people like, you know, hey, what, this is what I saw. This is what it looked like you were doing to me. But like, you know, what did you see? And then you can even be like, well, that's stupid fucking, you know, what I was telling you to do is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or like, oh, I didn't know that. He had your fucking pant leg there and I didn't see that. And so it, uh. Yeah, that's basically the yeah the, the difference there. It's so much more productive, man, to have a conversation based on facts, and then a story that you acknowledge could be partially wrong or completely wrong or completely true. But you're just I want to know what you think. Mm-hmm. It's fucking way more. Productive. What's the name of this book again? Crucial conversations. I'm gonna I'm typing this in my phone right now. Sorry, this is gonna be riveting podcast material here for a second. But yeah, yeah. no, I was I've. 
it sounds was, really good. No, it's super good, Especially man. this day and age we're in yeah. right now. You know? Well, you know what it boils down to is uh, the advice that this, this fucking old carpenter gave a long time ago. Don't judge. Like, yeah. Only sorry, God wait, can sorry, judge. Sorry, there are yeah, conversations. Yeah. Carrie Patterson? I think so, yeah. Okay. Boom. All right, I got to pull it up. That way I don't uh, forget it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, man. Only God can judge people's hearts. So you can uh, address what people are doing, but to assign meaning to it, like that's judging people, right? Like, hey, this is what you did. And now me saying like, this is why you did it is me placing judgment on you. Mm -hmm. That's what judging people is. Saying that you did this because, you know, of this. And that's exactly like at the fucking core of you know, the Christian faith is supposed to be don't judge people. Only God can judge people. And again, it's not like addressing actions. That's where people get, uh, you know, it's not saying I can't, I don't, I don't know, judge the actions is the right word. It's like if, something, if somebody's doing something harmful or hurtful, you need to address that. But going so far as to say you're doing this because you're a racist or you're a bad person or you're an idiot or whatever, like that's where you're you're going into the territory mm -hmm. that God reserves for himself and and be careful because how you judge other people is how he's going to judge you and so again it's like it, it's just over and over and over again man like you don't fucking judge people don't judge people it's bad for your soul it's bad for your your relationships with people it's just it's fucking bad to do and that's all a lot of this shit is based on, man. As soon as you say systemic racism and racism, you're assigning a reason to why people are doing it. And you're saying, I am judging you. And it's like, fuck, man. You're not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. And psychology bears it out. You know, religious practice bears it out. I'm sure you probably find similar uh, teachings or whatever in a lot of religions, man. Like, you know, in ours, it's, Pimenta's fucking credo. <laughs> worry about yourself. Everybody would just worry about themselves. Everybody would get better. And that's so true. Like I'll preach it again and again. I even titled our episode a couple episodes ago. You know, something about personal responsibility. Or we talk about it all the time. But dude, it's so big, and that's just almost non-existent nowadays. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Is I was watching uh, Cobra Kai on Netflix. Have you started watching? I haven't that? started yet, oh, man. Dude. It's on my list, dude. You, it's you, on my list. You've got to fucking watch it. All right, it. all right. I'm it, on it. I uh, I'm not gonna give any spoiler alerts, but it's kind of cool how they twisted it because you know back the original Karate Kid, Daniel's son was the good guy, Johnny was the bad guy. And yeah, that, that's the picture. Well, this the new Cobra Kai is almost it's. It's coming from Johnny's standpoint. I mean, this kind of fits into our conversation perfectly now that I think about it. It's he's not this just big bully asshole in this one. Ah. Like it's kind of showing like where he came from and his yeah. backstory and why yeah. he may have been portrayed as a jerk. But his view of it was like, well, this Daniel son's kind of a dick. He was a bully. He came in, you know, he beat beat me and my friends up at the party. He stole my girlfriend or whatever, you know what I mean? Right, 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 yeah. But he's kinda he's kinda like the anti-hero in this in this uh version of it. It's, huh. And it's funny as, <laughs> so he's he opens up a school, and uh, he's starting to teach people, and he gets all these kids coming in, and uh, this one girl that comes in is pretty big and fat, 
and, and he, he he is not politically correct. So that's part of why I really like his character in this show because he just shoots like he talks like we do. Yeah. But in this day and age, it's like oh shit, he, he's saying things to these fucking kids that come in, and he he comments on this girl being fat, and uh, his main student is like oh well you got to be careful there sensei you know it's genetic. He's like, what? Her love? Did her dad love Twinkies too? <laughs> you know, or, you know, some, something to that effect. Yeah, uh, it's so funny. Like, there's a whole conversation there. Like, she comes in because she's getting picked on at school, and he says, "He's like, well, that's what happened when you eat a box of Twinkies every day. You're gonna get fat and you're gonna get picked on." He's like, "Don't do that." He's like, "Well, Sensei, that's genetics. She can't help that." What is her love of Twinkies genetic? Stop eating. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, he, and he's so funny in that show. But he says a lot. It's, you know, he's focusing, he's teaching his Cobra Kai, you know, strike hard, strike fast, no mercy. Pain does not exist. exist in this dojo. Yes. Yes. And uh, it's so good. But he, he he's focusing on that with his students. You yeah. Know? And he's the, like the anti hero, you know, like personal responsibility. Like, you uh-huh. don't want to be, in, you don't want to get picked on by these assholes? Don't get fucking picked on by them. Take yeah. care of yourself. Be somebody that's not going to get picked on. Yeah. And that's just... Change yourself. Change yourself, you can't man. change society, man. No, you can't. Yeah, that's the, that's, that is it. Personal responsibility. The only person you can change is yourself. Focus on that. Again, don't... It's, am- it's amazing how far that goes. You know, yeah. But I had a... I'll have to show you this text on my phone yesterday. So yesterday I was at work and uh, I had this delivery for this guy here in town and I get this message from dispatch from my boss. It says, hey, heads up. Um, we had some problems with this this customer on the phone. He was threatening all the women in the office the other day to the point to where we locked our gates and we called the cops and they sent me on this delivery. Like this guy was just being belligerent, threatening. They literally secured our facility and called the cops because of the threats he was saying over the phone. And they sent me out to deliver this guy, which... Right. Okay, wait a second. If this is happening, why does that even... You know, in my eyes, like, why would that delivery even go out? If this guy's being that... Oh, of, yeah, as soon as the cops have to get called, like, you're not a customer anymore. You gotta, no, the, your stuff is at our facility. Yeah. You can come pick it up. We're yeah. going to have law enforcement here. Yeah. And that, uh, yeah, that's yeah, it. for sure. Yeah, but, but no, that wasn't the course of action. And we can have that different conversation, but they send it with me, which I, I guess it kind of makes sense because, okay. So I show up. So I've been warned. I show up and I mean, not, I'm not trying to be arrogant here, but I, I, I don't put out the, I'm not the first person you're probably going to pick on. Right. Generally, yeah. if you see me, you know, I, I'm, I'm a confident person. You know, some people call me cocky or whatever, but I, I hold myself with confidence and I, I approach this guy polite as polite can be. You know, professional, polite, and dude was super nice. You know, he could see right. You know, he was looking at me, and this guy was, you know, my height, maybe a little taller, but chubby, soft. Like, dude, I'll slap his shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. People on the phone are a little. It's easy to be yeah. a telephone tough guy. Yeah. But I guess I'm bringing the story up, not to pat my own back, but just to say, like, if you take care of yourself and and you're strong and healthy and confident, people sense that. And you're not going to be the first person they fuck with. No. No. Just bottom line. Yeah. I mean, there's still going to be people out there. I'm not saying, obviously, I'm not the toughest guy out there. There's a lot of people that are going to fight. And there's a lot of people that might look a little chubby and soft like that. They're going to fuck me up. Yeah. So, and I'm not foolish to that. No, no, no. I know what you mean, you know though. What I'm but like, even then, it's like... Take pre- care of yourself. Yeah. You're, predators, who are people who are like, you know, looking for the trouble. 
You know, they look for the weak. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to pick they, out the strongest in the herd. To no, take if you want to rob somebody or pick somebody, like you, you want an easy. Yeah, target. if you're trying to make yourself feel better. Most of the time, criminals or bad people, violent or lazy. Yeah, they, they want the path least resistance. They're not going to go after the person that's going to give them the most trouble. Yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. No, it's just it's, yeah. So if so, you if you build yourself into someone who is a little stronger than average, a little better than average, then odds are you're not going to have to... Your life's going to be a little bit better. A little bit better, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, dude, that's not... It's so frustrating. We just beat the dead horse on here, but that is not talked about in, in our society. Like, you were talking about these crucial conversations and not skewing things with your story. Dude, man, we need a leader, a politician, so somebody with a really large platform... To get up and say these things. Yeah. I don't understand why we don't get that. Because it's not rocket science. You and I aren't. Dude, there's fucking morons. We've got, you know, again, like Trump, I don't think he's evil. People say what you want. He's not the fittest, smartest motherfucker on the planet. No. Man. You know what I mean? He's even got this weird thing like, I'm not going to exercise because I've only got so much energy. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, again, who even knows if that's really true? If it's right. some fucking made up thing. I've never heard him say it. But, uh, the, but he's. He's not the guy who's going to be looking at, like, no, we really got to be driving this agenda of personal responsibility and getting people to fucking stop eating junk food and, you know, working out. I mean, I was, uh, dude, this, this thing has been going on for, what is it, started in March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So we're going into, like, the seventh month. We've been, like, six solid months of this shit. It's crazy. Dude, you... It's, it's, if someone had started in the first couple months of taking better care of themselves, by this point, like there would be a significant uh, difference. Difference. They'd be a healthier, right. stronger. We could person. be a stronger, healthier nation right now. Yep. If we had been addressing this from the beginning and encouraging people and having a fucking focus on, man, this is what you do to help with this COVID nineteen thing. Is you take personal responsibility. You turn yourself into the kind of person who is going to be way less likely to end up in the hospital and put strain on the system than, and this is how you do it, right? Like just back in, like in fucking World War II where it's like you go out and you collect tin cans. Like this is what you do to contribute to the cause. Everybody has something they can do. Mm-hmm. No, they're saying, you know what you do to contribute to the cause? Stay at home and sit on your couch and order fucking uh, junk food, or, you know, all, all the, the shit that stays open mm-hmm. while you watch Netflix on TV. Yep. Like that that's what people were told is is your role in helping with this. Yeah. Or what well, I even saw a statement from uh Dr. Fauci the other day and it didn't get a lot of press because again it's uh gonna upset people. But he uh he talked was talking about herd immunity because there was another C D there was another doctor yeah. that like Trump brought in and he gets politicized again, but this guy is kinda preaching about herd immunity, like, man, we have we have some examples here. Communities didn't lock down, so on and so forth. But I believe it was Fauci said yeah. something to the effect that, like, you know, yes, that would be a good option. But, but I read, I saw this. But yeah. like, we have so many vulnerable people in our yes. society that that's that's maybe not a good option. We didn't even say he straight up said like we have so much fucking obesity mm-hmm. and diabetes and like he he fucking just straight up said like. We have so much of this in our society that the numbers, the death rate would be unacceptable. Yep. That was his quote. Yep. Yeah. No, I remember, I remember. I was fucking floored by that. I was like, so again, it's not that that we couldn't do it. It's that we have a, a population that is so unhealthy that 
it would make it unacceptable to do mm-hmm. from just a, a moral uh, standpoint. Dude, God, man, I guess so, just thinking about this stuff really frustrates me, man. It's just because it's not super tough. It's not rocket science, man. That like, God damn it. Why don't we have a leader that just says, okay, everybody pump the fucking brakes, man. Let's stop taking sides. Let's look at facts and just look at numbers and let's all come to us. Let's all figure out where we're going. What hey, we probably all want to kind of the same thing. They, I don't know. Again, I don't think we do because you have one side that just wants Trump out of office. They're so fucking blind with rage at that motherfucker. But they're, they're not thinking past that. They just no, no, but that's what I'm saying. Right? Like the shared purpose, like what is our goal, right? What are we working towards here? And again, this is where we're running into these giant problems is you have one side whose goal is to get Trump out of office. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. That's it. Like any collateral damage is acceptable because it is so important to get this motherfucker out of office that anything else that you, like the ends justify the means. Dude, what do you do with that? And, and, and that's what you see. Like, that's what you see, especially from, like, the media and, yeah, these fucking activist groups. It's, fucking, it's insane, the, the shit. And, it's, uh, it's so insane. Uh, uh, we got dogs going crazy out there. Oh. I think Shelly's getting ready to take them for a walk, oh, so they might get crazy. Yeah, dude, it's, it is, man. It's, it's maddening. It's frustrating. And just in this... All the different media outlets, how much they skew stuff. And I, I think a lot of people are starting to realize it and starting to trust them less and less. But just how they how they skew things, man, it just on both sides. Yeah. It's so frustrating. You know, every day when you hear some sort of news source, I, I could pick out examples every fucking day on how they twist facts to fit their narrative. And it's not on. It's not healthy. It's not productive. And it's, it's no. every day a little wedge gets drove into our society, just more and more and more. And do what's something's gonna boil over and break. Yeah. And what is that? What does that mean exactly? I don't know. Like, where's it going? Who knows? But oh, God damn it, man. God damn it. It is, dude. It's so. I, I'm put. Uh, you know, a lot of the again. I would. I, why don't we have a leader that's saying this kind of shit? I don't know. That's super frustrating to me. But, the, man, a big blame I put on is these big media outlets, man. Like, your ABC News is your so on and so forth. Like, they have such a huge platform, and they're choosing to, and it's a big power. And they wield it just to fit their own agenda. Well, they and, get, it's, again, it's social media, man. Because they write things for social media. Because if you get the, 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 the article that gets tweeted and retweeted a, a thousand times, you know what I mean? Like, that's what you're looking for. And so you're even, you're creating news with social media in mind, uh, which again is stifling free speech. It, it was really weird, man. When I started thinking about it, I was like, fuck, like the internet did more to open up free speech than anything since like the printing press. Mm-hmm. And then social media came along and has done more to suppress free speech than, Fuck, dude, I don't know. I don't know what has been more powerful and effective at suppressing free speech than social media has been. And, you know, because, like, you can put up a website on just anything you want on the internet. Like, that's free speech. It it can be as uncomfortable as hell. There's gnarly shit out there. You can talk about it. But social media, you can just put, like, you know, hey, Trump said hydrochloroquine or whatever fucking works. And... 
you run the risk of having that flagged or pulled off of a social media platform because that is deemed as misinformation about COVID-19 or whatever. And so, it, yeah, like they're fucking, they're suppressing free speech like crazy. And you get these little micro organizations. Like I said, the organization that threatened that, 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 that the, the councilwoman, never heard of these motherfuckers before. All they needed to do was get on Twitter and start tweeting about this and, and, and fucking stoking people up. And that's all it took. You know, it wasn't, it didn't take an intelligent leader with a good organization that stood for something that had built a base of people who were ready to act on something. Like that's a good organization. You get these fucking fringe organizations. Like who the fuck is this? All they got to do is whip a crowd into a frenzy, a tweet, a Twitter crowd into a frenzy though. And all of a sudden they're legitimate and you got to take their, uh, their shit. Mm -hmm. Seriously, like this, this fucking poor lady had to engage with these idiots because of the Twitter crowd forced her to have to recognize these fucking morons. Uh, yeah. And they didn't deserve to be recognized. Didn't deserve to be recognized. No, no. Social media has done way more. To, dude, it's fucking nuts. Like it it's, it's really like got me, I, I have to get off of it. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. But I don't get on it. Like, I don't look at it anymore. I don't really engage with it anymore. You can't, dude. Uh -huh. It's not healthy. No. It, it is gone. To, I mean, I've talked about it a million times. Even before we've gotten into this upside down place, I've preached it's not healthy. You know, we all know it's not. But now it's even worse. Yeah. It's, it is so toxic. Yeah. It's not good for you in any shape. It's fucking terrible shit. Anyways, let's talk about something that's good for you. What, what about guns? Talk guns? About guns? Let's talk, <laughs> I'll show you this real quick. What's this talk thing? about some guns. This is the, the fucking foot core system. The foot core? Yeah, Frio. F-R-E-O. They're like, you're supposed to get on them and do, so you can balance like your foot in uh -huh. different positions. And do stuff, do some ex ex exercises. Yeah, it strengthens. It's supposed to strengthen like the ball of your foot and your arch. It's for runners. Huh. Mainly. And so my buddy uh, Mark had been checking it out. So I was checking it out. What's your, uh, what's your interpretation of it so far? Man, it's interesting. When I do, so these three moves, you hold these for like, you know, foot forward and then foot with the big toe uh, up and then foot with the big toe down. Mm -hmm. And then you do each of those for a minute on each foot. And... Uh, Man, it definitely, you can feel like when you start walking around, like your foot is definitely engaging with the ground hmm. a little bit differently, a little bit better. And uh, for me, my left foot is messed up from years of riding small pedals on mountain bikes because I ride <laughs> right foot forward, so my left foot was back. And so that was my main support leg. And riding small pedals, you, like your your foot starts to develop these weird ways of, uh, of uh, like, stabilizing itself and so this is actually felt like it's helping to retrain my foot to stabilize better hmm. yeah you can use like some holes or too. something to help yeah and if you do it not on carpet you have yeah, to balance more, it yeah. so yeah he's got like a hole i think that i probably would have been fine instead of like getting this circular one here too like just getting the uh that board right there. Mm -hmm. But I know this is fascinating for an audio podcast, but I just want to show Rob my new... New toy. My new workout toy that I've been playing around with. Interesting. I can see yeah. some benefit to that. 
For runners, yeah, the 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 thing too I can see is because it has you stabilizing your foot in these different um, planes. Planes, yeah. yeah, these different positions, and so and that's one of the reasons that the guy who came up with this was uh, one of the guys who was um, talked about in Born to Run, like one of the the, the barefoot running coaches or whatever, mm-hmm. and. So yeah, he the it's designed to get your foot to be able to articulate because that's one of the reasons that people sprain their ankle is because their ankle is is stiff, right? It's not mobile where it can it, it can stabilize in different positions. It just gets stiff, and then you it just takes the slightest little thing to roll your ankle. And so uh, yeah, getting your foot able to stabilize in, in different positions. But I was even thinking too, man, like for jujitsu because one of the the things that people struggle with, especially at first, is is learning how to use the balls of their feet mm-hmm. to drive and create pressure. You know, like in side control in different positions, and uh, it def- it feels like your feet are getting like engaged uh, better. So, because it's one of the reasons people struggle with it is they don't have it's a skill, right? Like the ball of their foot isn't super strong uh, to begin with, and so they don't really know how to like drive pressure through the ball of their foot effectively, and uh, so, anyways. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting little... Tool. How long have you been using that for now? Uh, a couple weeks. Yeah? Yeah. I got Shiloh trying it before she goes running. This fucking fly is going to get fed to Wolfie. Uh, there's a couple of them flying around in here. I know. You guys still got Wolfie? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Wolfie's doing good. Still feeding her. I keep wanting to call it a him just out of habit. But, well, you uh, guys named, named her Wolfie. Yeah. And so it just kind of leads you to calling it a yeah. Taller boy. Yep. So, but, uh, so yeah. And then guns. So you're, you're doing some gun courses. So now. exciting. Yes. You know, we've talked about it on here. I got into shotguns, shooting trap and stuff. And obviously still doing that. Um, but then now I bought a handgun because, eh, because it's fun. That's one reason. Um, uh, two, like like we talk, we've talked about for the first hour of this podcast, like society's in a weird fucking place, man. Um, are they gonna come try to take your guns? Who knows? But it's a it's a right that we have in this country, and I want to exercise it. And it's it's a valuable tool to protect yourself. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, so I bought a handgun. Now I'm I'm gonna be a responsible handgun owner. I already got one training class signed up for next like two weeks from today. By the time you guys hear this, a week from today, um, it's called Defenders USA. It's a defensive tactical handgun course. It's a three-day course, two-and-a-half-day course here in town. Uh, one of my buddies, Adam Winch, teaches it. It's his company. You know, he's a for, he's one, you know your typical kind of uh, former uh, army slash cop, you know, slash you know private security type. You know, he's got a pretty interesting history and background. Yeah, a lot more experience with that kind of stuff than I do. Right. Because when it comes to handguns, I am a white belt. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, dude, I mean, because that's a, dude, a handgun is a, to me, it's a, that's a big decision. It's not just a decision you make willy-nilly to purchase a handgun and if you're going to carry it. You know, we have the ability here in Colorado, we can open carry if you want. You don't have any sort of fucking license. You can just put a holster on your hip and carry that thing around. Um, which, you know, there's different varying, <laughs> varying opinions of that, whether you should or should not do that. You know, that's up for debate. Um, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, you can also get your CHP, I think it's called out here, concealed handgun permit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other places it's called a CCW or some shit. But, uh, 
So we have that once you get, and it doesn't take a ton of training to get one of those. You know, the training I'm going to accomplishes that task, but it's way more than that also. You know, go above and beyond. So, but yeah, dude, like, that's a big decision because if you ever get to the point in a self-defense situation to where you have to pull, you feel the need to pull a firearm, your life has changed from that point on. Bottom line. Because, you know, if you're carrying a gun and you and you have it out in public and you feel the need to pull that gun, in my eyes, that gun shouldn't come out of your holster unless you're ready to take somebody's life. Yeah. That's a big fucking decision. You know, and then, then from there, you know, if you take somebody's life, not only psychologically you got to deal with that, legally, you know, it's, it's not just going to be... You were threatened. You take somebody's life, and in in this day and age, okay, cool. So you get to go home. Um, no, man, you're gonna end up in court. You know, your life is gonna change from there on out. It's gonna be that's a big financial, you know, cost. You know, you're, yeah. you're gonna have to have lawyers and court fees and all this other shit. And then, you know, yeah, it's a big decision, man. You know what I mean? You, and I think a lot of people don't take that. I think they might take it too lightly. In my eyes, they. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to be that guy that takes it too lightly. So I got that course coming up, and I'm also taking Tim Kennedy's Sheepdog Response. <laughs> that's, that's next May. You know, it's not for a while. Yeah. So uh, that, looks, that, that looks exciting. Yeah. Because, that, I mean, that's, you know, defensive handgun tactics, you know, but it's also um, just, you know, his Sheepdog Response, you know, his uh, mantra is, you know, be the sheepdog, protect the herd, you know, protect protect your family and friends from the wolves from the predators out there yeah you know be somebody that's hard to kill so it's all it's well around we're going to be in there doing jiu-jitsu you know with weapons and you know shooting you know first aid yeah in case something does go sideways it's a whole well you know teaching you to be a protector of the herd so yeah man it's gonna be that'll be fun nate's going with me our buddy yeah I, i talked him into it i seen it come across my email I was like, Nate, I'm thinking about doing this, you know, and it's, you know, discounted this weekend, like 25%, because that's not a cheap course. Yeah. And uh, he's like, fuck yeah. He's like, nice. let, me talk to, let me talk to Amy and talk to his old ladies. And then he came and he's like, let's do it. So we signed up. Fuck so man. we'll be doing that next fall. <laughs> but, or next spring, sorry. Yeah. So yeah. So that's uh, what I got going on now. That's fucking nice. It's, it's a good rabbit hole to go down. I, think, I mean, it just, again, it's such a valuable skill to have. Right, yeah. And... Why not? We have the we we are afforded the right here in this country to do it. Exercise it. That's true, man. You, you know this. The world's upside down right now, man. To anyway, I plan on going the rest of my life never having have to use it. Yeah. But if I have to, yeah, I to. want that option. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So yeah, that's my new Fucking that's my new rabbit hole. Sheep dog response. Man, that looks fun, dude. <laughs> that looks it fun. sounds like fun. Yeah. You go around shooting stuff, wrestling with each other. So, fuck yeah, guy stuff. Yep. Guess girls can go get out there playing GI Joe for the weekend, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah. So with good old Tim Kennedy. He's Tim a madman. Yeah, he's a madman. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be cool. Just hanging out with uh, with him for a weekend. Yep. Seeing what uh, yeah what that's like. So. Well, cool. Uh, yeah. So that's been my new obsession lately. Is. Uh, Looking up because he offers he has some virtual training on his sheepdog response website. You know, teaching you you know just basic fire basics. Mm-hmm. You know, just like jujitsu, you gotta learn your basics. You yeah. gotta start somewhere. You know what I mean? So he's he's got a lot of there's a lot of different training out there. So it's a matter of, you know this day and age it's 
you know information overload for the most part so you gotta just pick something pick something go yeah. with it and, and just start educating yourself you know that that's, that is a good thing you know, i've been listening to hours and hours of gun podcasts now <laughs> 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 of course i had you know and getting different views and opinions on things and good yeah. training platforms and things you should and shouldn't do and it's a great time we live in just for that, you know, the access to information. There you know, is, being, man. Being it able is. to educate yourself properly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Take social media out of it and, and the fucking internet yep. has some has some good value. There is some great value. Great value. You can definitely learn a lot. So that's also, what I'm doing now, man. I got myself a 45. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'll have to, uh, I know it's still on my list of stuff to, uh, get to a, do. Get it going, dude. Yeah, you need. You got discouraged. You had a little stupid experience with some knuckleheads at Sportsman's here. <laughs> I think it kind of salted you a little bit, but well, it's just it, it killed my momentum. So I just have to get my momentum going again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna take a look at that route we were talking about. Our buddy Adam, who I believe has one of those FFL FFL license, randomly. So I may be able to work with him. To... And I'll show you after we get done recording here. Yeah, yeah, because you can buy firearms online. They don't get sent to your house. You got to have someone with a federal firearms license. They get sent to that person. Yeah. And then they do the background check. Right. And they do the license transfer and submit all the paperwork to the ATF, all that good yeah. shit. It's all, that's how it's done. It's not. It's basically like what you're doing at the store. When yes. you go to the store. They sport like a Cabela's or Sportsman's. They have, yeah. they have, I don't know how it works, whether the store itself has an FFL or if it's some one individual in that store has an right. FFL, but I'm, I don't know. I'm sure they got a store one. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they do. I, I don't care. It's irrelevant to me. Yeah. But Let's look it up right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, that's how that goes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really realize how that worked. You know, you just think like, oh, I got to go in the store to buy a gun. Nope. And then it's like, and then you, okay, what's the purpose? Oh, they have this license and there's other people who have this license and you can just work with them and not have to deal with the whole fucking knucklehead at the counter misunderstanding the first thing you said and just not letting you uh, go back <laughs> to what you first wanted. So, um, yeah, no, it's still on my list. I think, I, yeah, I'll have to check that out because it sounds a lot easier. Just having to go into town, fucking go deal with people. No, and you and you can do, you can educate yourself so much just online. Do your own research, okay? You can't, you get, and when it gets when you start getting into guns, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Because uh, it's kind of like jujitsu, you know, or really anything. You know, when you first get into something, it's a little overwhelming. There's a lot of info, and you get people that are really into it. Yeah. And they get excited, you know, and you start asking them questions, and they just start vomiting information on you. And it's like, oh shit, you know, let's back up here, man. I'm just a fucking new guy. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like your first day walking into jujitsu and. Somebody's trying to teach you a bear and bolo or something. They go, okay. They, they, they <laughs> Which we've seen. Yeah, like, okay, let's back up. <laughs> and and so you get, you really just got to pick, you got to, you know, make up your mind that you want to purchase a firearm. Why do you, and they're, they're a tool. Okay, what, uh, what application? Why do you want it? You know, yeah. like, for what purpose? And then, so then you do some research. Okay, this, I, I would like one for this purpose. What's the best tool for that? You know, because... There's a lot of different types of guns out there, and uh, they are. They're just like a tool, man, just like a hammer, a screwdriver, a pry bar. Yeah. They all have the purpose. So you got to educate yourself on, okay, what is going to be the best for this purpose? 
boom, okay, that starts it out. Then you go down that road, then you start, you just start following that path. Okay, so I want a firearm for this purpose. Here's the type of guns that fill that role. And then you start research, okay, what's, because then once you get to that far, you're, okay, what brands, what kind of gun do I want? Because then it gets expensive. You know, you can spend thousands of dollars a gun or you can spend 150 bucks. Okay, well, where, what's my price range? Right, you yeah. Know, what am I willing to spend? It's a safety thing too. You don't want to buy just some bullshit made in China. Not my opinion, but, uh, you know, so then you got to do some research there and then narrow it down. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's not just like, you make the decision, then you go buy one. I mean, you can, obviously, but it's going to be a, a hasty decision, and you'll yeah. probably regret it. you got to do a little research. So, yeah, well, and then you have the buddy who's done some research. Done some research. That was your thing. You got into it. You didn't really have anyone. Nope. To, the, you talked to Nate some. He led I, you in the direction of the shot, the, the first shotgun yes, you got. Yes, the first shotgun I got. You know, so, yeah, so yeah, you have somebody in your life, a friend, that can help you out, kind of get you just started. Just kind of get you going, yeah, in the right direction. Get you going in the right direction so you're yeah. not just floundering. Yeah. And then from there, you just you know, take it on yourself. Yeah. Start educating yourself. Start fucking reading, man. Yeah. Start listening to the podcast or... YouTube videos, right. reading articles. All right. Well, I'll have to fucking, I'll have to work on that. Yeah. Maybe next podcast I'll have the gun on the way. Sweet. I hope you do. Yeah. Yeah. I really think you should get one, man. I know. I know. It's, it's, uh, it's so funny. I think about that shit though, man. It's like, you know, the only, like what situation, the only situation that that would be optimal is like, if I feel like I needed to pull it out and like I had a gun and they didn't. Cause like I really don't want to get in a fucking firefight. No, you know what I mean. When you don't draw, like if you're in a situation where somebody already has a gun drawn on you, listen. But, to but them. you know what I mean. Like, listen to them. You're not going to draw on a drawn weapon. Right. They're, they're going to be quicker to the trigger than you are. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if you're thinking about okay, what scenarios am I really going to need a gun? Right. And so and it's like and then and, and they are they are kind of limited. You know, really like there, there's a lot there's, there's a bajillion iterations of them. Right. But it's pretty limited, right? Like. And one of them is you have someone who is uh, who doesn't have a gun, who is threatening you in a way that you feel like you need to defend your life. Yep. Or you have someone who has a gun who is threatening you in a way that you feel like you need to defend your life. Like that's it's about it. It's about it. It's about it. Is your life threatened? Right. Is your life it, threatened? Is your life or your your family's life threatened? Right. Your loved ones. Yes. That's it. That, yeah, that's right. the first question you have to answer. Yeah. So if you feel like that's going on and, and then it falls into two categories. And, and like I said, the best case scenario is like, well, I've got a gun and you don't, motherfucker. Like this is going to de-escalate the situation quickly. Mm-hmm. The other one is, well, they have a gun and then the situation can escalate quickly. Escalate very quickly. And, and, and again, and it's like, well, you know... If not pulling a gun is even an option, like, do, you know, do I, I don't know, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I'm still going to get a gun. I'm just saying, like, when you're thinking about these things, it's like, fuck, man, like, what, what should I do, right? Like, you know, there's, there's some intruder, and for some reason, I feel like I need to pull the, the my gun out, and then I realize, like, oh, he's shooting back in the house. Jesus Christ. Right? Versus, like, oh, I don't even have a gun. Somebody's trying to break in the house. We need to get the fuck out of here right now. And so, you know, like, pulling a gun wasn't even an option. So the, But then the other thing is he breaks in the house, and he's got a gun, and I got nothing. Right. And, and then it's like, you know, so I, now I have no opportunity to defend ourselves. So that's, like, you know, the worst case scenario is I feel like my life's being threatened by someone with a gun or a weapon, and I don't have something. Right. Because, yeah, just because you have a gun... Doesn't mean you have to pull it and use right. it. Right. You can still flee. 
Right. And I would say, I'm going to do that unless I can't. Yeah. That is going to be my first response. Right. It's like jujitsu, man. Your best self-defense is fucking running. Running. That's that's still, just because you have a gun doesn't mean that's still not the best option. I know. Yeah. Get the fuck out of there if you can. And that's why you got to train yourself how to react in those situations. So like, you know, doing these courses. That's why you do these courses, man. Yeah. Be a responsible gun owner. Gun owner, if you're gonna. That's why I got into trap shooting. Trap shooting is fun. I bought a shotgun. I first I started down that rabbit hole. I wanted a shotgun to protect myself, protect my house. Simple. I realized like, hey, I need to learn how to use this thing. <laughs> and to learn how to use it, you want to go out and shoot. Just to go out and shoot at milk jugs out in the desert. That's fun for about five minutes. You're like, okay, what's where do I go from here? Yeah. Oh, let's shoot at shit flying <clears> through the air. Let's get into trap shooting. That's a whole sport to teach you how to be accurate. And comfortable with a shotgun, because it is. There's a level of comfort there. I mean, you have a an explosion going off six inches from your fucking face. Yeah, and it's it's disconcerting at first, and it's it's intimidating. You don't, you know, if you're not comfortable around guns, it is. It's unfamiliar. You, it all depends on what you're, you know, how you've been raised. But like, is this like a grenade? It's gonna go off if I touch it wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so just becoming, so that's why I got into trap shooting, you know, so now I'm, you know, comfortable with that. That's why getting into handguns, I'm going to do, these aren't the only two classes I'm going to take. I'm going to continue down this rabbit hole. Yeah. I'm not going to get, I'm not out there trying to be fucking Jocko Willing, you know. No, but it's a skill set. It's a skill set, man. And yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to use it, you got to know how to use it responsibly. And part of that is knowing how to maintain your emotions and, and that just comes from training. Training, yes. Why we fucking do jujitsu, man? When someone's on your back the first time trying to choke you out, and you're just like, how many times have we had to tell some white belt, like, dude, relax, like, breathe, man. I'm just, I'm just sitting here, dude, doing nothing, and you are working yourself into a fucking lather here, and you know, fucking, you know, you're into it. Same motherfucker is like cool as a cucumber, Mm -hmm. and it's like, all right, I mean, you still making mistakes, whatever, but you know what I mean. It's, It's a different reaction from them. Uh, and it's simply because they're just used to that situation now. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh, okay, I've been here before. Like I don't need to panic. And so, yeah, if you're going to have a fucking gun, you can't, uh, have the first time you pull it out be the time you think that you're needing to oh, God. defend yourself. It's not going to go well. <laughs> no, no, no. Cause your heart's no. going to be racing. Like it's, it's like anything else, man. If you're going to, def- if you're going to teach yourself how to be lethal with your, with your body, you got to train it. And again, like. Because you have responsibility. Like if you if you know how to inflict bodily harm on someone, I mean we know, man. That's like the worst people. Like the like the like guys who go around just like looking for fights, yep. just to inflict bodily harm on people. Like that is that is so frowned upon in the martial arts community because it's like no, you need to if you're gonna hone your body to be a weapon, you got to be respectful of that mm-hmm. and, and know how to use it in the right situations. Which is why most Guys who really know how to fight, don't fight. Don't fight. They fucking turn around and walk off. Yep. Is like you get really good at situational awareness. Yep. Right? Yeah. Same oh, thing with a firearm, man. Same thing. Exact same thing. Yeah. Same so thing. yeah, you know it's yeah. So it's I'm looking forward to it. it's a new little chapter in my life, new thing. It's you know it's good to be shitty at something. Yeah. Improve yourself. It's good for you mentally, Fuck yeah. emotionally, you know, physically. I'm looking forward to it. You know. And yeah. So yeah. Nice, dude. You know, you know, I've been going down this rabbit hole listening to all these different podcasts. And it's funny, too, is, you know, there's a lot of stories that the mainstream media 
doesn't bring up when some a concealed carrier a good story happens with a concealed carrier. For example, man, there was j- pretty recently, in, I think it was in Oklahoma, there was some lady that lost her shit and started firing into a fucking big crowd of people. And a concealed carrier took her out. He pulled his gun out, eliminated the threat. Done deal. You didn't hear about it. I didn't hear about it. Did you never, you never hear, hear about, about that? But ever. She, and she didn't kill it. She didn't end up killing anybody. I think a couple people got wounded. I can't remember the details. But uh, we didn't hear about it. No. But if she would have killed a bunch of people, of course, it would have been gun control. Gun control this. Gun control that. This is terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, we didn't. None of us heard about it. No. Dude, that happened just a couple months ago. Yeah. No, I know. And, and there's stories like that all over, man. Like, you start listening to these different gun podcasts. There's this one, there's actually a company based here in Colorado, man. They put a lot of, uh, uh, put out a lot of good stuff. It's called, Conce- it's just called Concealed Carry Network. They have a Concealed Carry Podcast. They got a website, you know, it's a whole, and uh, I think they're based in like Aurora or something. And uh, their podcast, like once a month, they go over what they call justified saves. And they talk about, you know, good things that concealed carriers did. And they also talk about things that went wrong. And then they, they examine all these cases, like, hey, this... This what happened in this case. We, uh, you know, we're not trying to armchair, you know, Sunday or Monday morning quarterback this thing, but we feel he didn't make the proper decision here, here, and here. It ended good, but you know, so they they present all these different, you know, yeah, stories to you, and when they go good, when they go wrong, yeah. So it's again, so the education, educate the education piece, man. Like you, you got to put in the time. Like if you're not gonna educate yourself when it comes to firearms, don't get one. Yeah. yeah. Simple as that. Because that's a big decision, man. Yep. It really is. And you see, I'm taking it seriously. I don't, and I have jokingly, like, yeah, I'm going to take the sheepdog response and now I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. I'm going on, <laughs> going on secret missions for the government. You know, yeah. I, I say that jokingly, but no, man, they, I, I know that's not the case, but, you know, educate yourself. You know, train, read, watch, learn, practice. You know, something I'm learning, you know, getting into this handgun stuff. You know, a lot of these different training platforms and these guys that are pretty respected in the industry, dry fire practice, you know, learn just being comfortable handling the firearm, pulling it out, getting your good sight alignment, sight picture, you know, holstering it, unholstering it, dry fire training. They say a lot, that's where a lot of people go wrong, you know, with handguns is they think to get better, you got to go out on the range and shoot yeah. live rounds, which you do. That, do, is, that yeah. is an important part. It's not the only thing, though. But it's not the only thing, man. Yeah. Especially at the, the cost of ammo nowadays. You can get a ton of practice uh, dry fire training. Just because it's free. Yeah. Just put the time in. Just repetitions, man. Repetitions. Pulling your gun out. Finding your target. Finding your sights. Boom. Put it back. You know? Yeah. That was one of those things. How uh, was that book? Um, with Winning in Mind. That was the, the book that that... Um, was it an archer? Lenny Basham. No, it's a shooter. Shooter. Yeah, he's a rifle, um, you know, Olympic champion rifle shooter. Which again, as you get into it, you start to realize more and more like how fucking badass like those motherfuckers are, and and the the just the micro, you know, differences that make the difference between winning and losing uh, in those things, and and a big part of it is is mental. And he was uh, talking about how like one of the years that he won the Olympics, he's I think he was um, in like the National Guard or something, but he was stationed somewhere where he didn't have access to a firing range. And so he just practiced dry firing. Yep. And he would spend like an hour or two every day 
just practicing that mm -hmm. and just how valuable that was um, for him. Like you make do with what you've got, but that that dry fire training was, was super valuable as, um, you know, as far as teaching exactly what you said, like more like that mental side of it, like pulling a trigger and hearing it go bang. That's the easy thing. That's, easy. that's like, you know, when you're doing a takedown, like finishing the takedown is the easy part. Like if you did all the work correctly up to that point, like that's fucking easy. Mm -hmm. It's all the work that went up to that. And it's like so much of that is mental. Um, and so you can get those reps in like dry fire. That'd be like doing your fucking entries into your, into your throws. Yep. Right. It's the like, I'm not, work. yeah, I'm not finishing the throw. Nope. Right. We're just doing the, the fucking entry. Set your grip up. Times. Set your grip up. Footwork in. Break the balance. Yep. Back out. Back out. Boom. Yep. So that is that is your dry fire version of a takedown or a throw. Yeah. You don't always have to be taking them down every nope. time. And in fact, you'll save some wear and tear on your partner yep. by not having to do finish a, a takedown every single time you do it. And so it's the exact same thing. Yeah, that's actually how it uh, it, it, it fruited when we do takedown stuff. That's what we'll do is I'll just have them do the entry, and then like the last rep or two, I'll say go ahead and finish. But again, it's that's like, the easy part. It's easy if, if you did it right. Then if you set it up and close the distance, the actual putting somebody on the ground is the yeah, easy part. Easy part. Yeah. So yeah, you don't have to beat the shit out of yourself and your training partner. Yeah. Same thing with firearms. You don't yeah. have to beat the shit out of your wallet, <laughs> your checkbook. Right. Out there, especially your fucking the, ears. Like there, there is a there's there's a the the, the, the percussion. Yeah. Like there is a physical cost that comes. Like you do have a a contained explosion going off in your hands. In your hands. Inches from your face. Inches from your face. Yeah. It's a it's it's cool to think about, but it is a mini explosion, and there are physical costs that come from being around that mm -hmm. and it's part of it right that's part of hardening yourself so you're used to the, the all of that but too much can be bad mm -hmm. as well i would imagine so yeah it's a sweet spot you mm -hmm. gotta find practice practice man worry about yourself worry about yourself take yeah. care of yourself make yourself an asset not a liability fucking a man mm -hmm. fucking a so speaking of which i ordered the boss root and o2 trainer did you? Yeah. I've had that for a couple of years. Have you? Yeah, I've used it. You like uh, it? I haven't used it in a while. Yeah. I actually, you know, I've used it now that we're into the swim hall breathing and stuff. I've used it with that a couple of times. Okay. But you're talking the rubber thing you bite yep. on. Yep. Yeah, dude, it's pretty, yeah. it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's been, like I say, it's been a while since I've used it again. I haven't gotten into the rhythm of using it regularly, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's worth the 50, 60 bucks. Yeah, I, I actually bought that man. It's probably two, three years ago now. I remember when he was on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about it. That's probably about when I bought it. Yeah, I, I, I listen to podcasts so often. I get all excited because something. Because all the rage first was the masks, the yeah. elevation mask, and it would yeah. restrict your breathing in and out. And so the big thing with the with his trainers, he was one of the first guys to figure out that like you you only want to restrict the breathing in one direction. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the inhalation. For him, it's mainly the inhalation, but he does talk about, like, you can't use it to train your exhale, too. Right. He just, he just does it in reverse. But the thing is, is, like, you have your nose open to breathe in or out, right? And, and then you have the, the trainer to train the other side of the breath. You don't want to train both sides of the breath at the same time. You need Correct. to pick a side and train it, and then that's how you're going to get the optimal resistance. Because the resistance for inhaling is going to be way higher than for exhaling, and so I would think, I'd imagine, you know, you're probably going to have to set the, the yeah, things a little different. You got different hole sizes. Yeah. You know, you, you can restrict the, the port. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is it set up to train the inhale or the exhale? I can't it, it, it's the inhale. Yeah, it's the so inhale. he has you like lean over and then you kind of like. Yep. Yep. But it, uh, 
um, but I was watching on his on his thing, and he just kind of had a, a series of videos, yeah. and some yeah. of it was like you know Q and A stuff, and he and one of it was like, what about the exhale? Because the the conscious breathing um, book that I read, and like kind of you know that method, they're all about the exhale, mm-hmm. and it's all about extending the exhale and focusing on the exhale, and actually uh, taking in less oxygen, and so uh, and so you know training that exhale part. And, um, but so yeah, that's where he had a little video saying, well, you just do it in reverse. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you know, you might have to change the resistance level, but then, you know, you breathe in through the nose and, and out through the, O2 through the mouth, you know, to get the, the resistance that way. And, um, but yeah, I can see, especially for like the fucking Wim Hof breathing, man, like using that and like really getting those, yeah. those inhalation muscles, like fucking really strong yeah. and you can just like start sucking it's in. It's tough. It's tough, man. Um. Yeah, and when you start out, like don't don't get cocky. No, you, no, you go yeah. Go into a small hole. Start yeah. out pretty opened up, because it takes a little getting used to. You got this like big mouthpiece thing in your mouth, and you and some when you get really into it and breathing, you'll start slobbering a little bit sometimes, just because yeah. the way it kind of holds in your mouth. So it's a little disgusting sometimes, but no, man, it's good. It's a valuable little tool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward yeah. to it. I got one for me. I'm fair, I you know I used it. You know, early on in the Wim Hof, I was like, oh, this would be kind of cool to use with the Wim Hof. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I felt I was kind of new with the Wim Hof stuff where I felt it was too, it was throwing too much stuff at myself. Yeah. That's why I didn't stick with it. Like, okay, I can see the value in this, but like, I think I'm, I was taking it a little too far. Yeah. I was like, let's, let's just do the Wim Hof shit. Get the benefits of this, learn and feel, you know, what this is about. And then if I need to increase my difficulty, it's basically just a, and weight and resistance, and, and, and resistance. Yeah, like I wasn't ready. To, I wasn't ready to add weight to it yet. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah probably now. Probably good. I'm still doing the Wim Hof. So right. Well, I'm wondering um, with uh, with Kiele because she's you know her scoliosis, and I've talked about like I think it kind of I think that this might be good for helping her like breathe deeper. Uh, you know, getting that resistance training for those muscles, mm-hmm. and so she can. Uh, you know, breathe deeper on the Wim Hof stuff. So, is she still not following the spirit world to Wim Hof yet? You know, kind of. She's funny. I think she's in her own head a little bit, which can happen, man. It, it's funny, man. You go through, uh, you do it long enough, and you go through cycles with it. And you know, some days you're just like, "Dude, that was amazing," and other days, it's like, "Man, okay, that was pretty good." I, yeah, there's dude. I've had days where like that felt like a fucking waste of time. Like, <laughs> you know, my mind yeah. is someplace else. I was just kind of going through the motions, like. Yeah. Disappointed in myself. Yeah. So, yeah, you have those days. But it's still valuable. Mm-hmm. Still good to do. I, I think uh, at least like some sort of breath work on a daily basis. So incorporating the, the breath work with the isometrics is fucking pretty badass. It is, and, man. And it's it's nice. Yeah, shifting the gears, using yeah. the breathing as gears on yeah, the ISOs. Breathing, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I tell you, I read the the Dragon Door book on isometrics that they put out to mm-hmm. promote their. ISO chain. Uh-huh. So it's funny because if they didn't have the ISO chain in it, it would be one of the best isometric training books ever put out. It's amazing. <laughs> uh-huh. But because they're trying to push the ISO chain, it's super Skewed easy for dismiss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was looking at it and they have all this research in it. So I was like, oh, you know, what would I, would I pay somebody 13 bucks to do my research for me? Sure. So I, uh, but going through it, um, man, the research behind isometrics is fucking crazy like it really is pretty overwhelming that like movement-based exercise is super ineffective and inefficient for 
getting stronger. And it's like getting stronger really like I I think that the better way to talk about it is like tension skills. Because what you want to develop is tension skills in different positions and in, in, in movements. And so the one of the studies they talked about that was super funny um, wasn't like, I mean, the first part's not funny. They were looking at how to rehab soldiers after like World War One, I, I think. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, noticed that when a limb was uh, not being used, it was wasting away. And so they were looking at, you know, trying to predict muscle wasting or something like that. So they thought that if they splinted the, the leg of a frog so it was immobilized that that would simulate muscle wasting because they can't move it. They can't use that leg. So it's going to you know be like muscle wasting. And so they had the frog splinted and after a period of time they come back and they take the splints off and the fucking legs were bigger and stronger than the other leg. And the fucking frogs would jump like crooked, crooked because the other jump, leg was so strong. Jump in circles. And what they realized had happened was the the frogs didn't stop trying to use the leg. They were just they, contracting. Like, right. But... So they were basically doing isometric training uh-huh. the whole time because they didn't know they didn't know not to use it. They were just like, "Why right, can't right. I move There's this a leg. difference between like having an injured right. limb you can't use right. and a limb that you have immobilized. Right. And it, but you're still trying to use trying it. Trying to free it. Right. So you're just creating tension constantly. And so oh. that was one of the first studies that you know. It's funny. The study was considered a failure, obviously. But when they you know looking back in the history of isometrics, that was one of the first studies that started to like hint at like, oh wow, like you know isometrics are super. A super powerful way of training and uh but yeah it's a really good book but the science is interesting but it's you know we're if you're trying to improve your strength and you're not doing isometrics you're fucking up and if you're trying to improve your cardio and you're not doing breath work you're fucking up mm-hmm. you look around and all you see is people like trying to get strong not doing isometrics and trying to improve their cardio with no like breath work training and it's like no wonder people are getting hurt they can't get results like, like when you start to understand the importance of uh, not over breathing, especially on like fat loss, right? Like it, if you're a mouth breather and you're trying to lose fat, you're it, like the whole thing is if you're over breathing, you can perform well, but it's like doing it with a parking brake on. Mm-hmm. So you just got to try so much harder to see results because you're, you're not burning oxygen efficiently, which means you're not able to burn fat efficiently. There's just all of these these hormonal uh, things that happen. You know, you're just under stress, right? Because when you're breathing through your mouth and, and shallow chest breathing, you're you're uh, is the way that that guy Chuck McGee um, put it. He says it's like you're being chased by the world's slowest bear all day long. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And he's like, and then you go to bed and you're being chased by the bear while you're sleeping mm-hmm. because you're breathing through your mouth while you're sleeping. So he's like, your brain is always thinking it's being chased by a bear. And so like when do you like so like the 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 yeah your, your body just gets fucking burnt out basically trying to deal with that and then yeah everyone's oh I can't lose weight or I've got uh food allergies you know a lot of food allergies like our bodies should be able to handle a little bit of an insult right a little little knock it off but what happens is is we get so burned out like we our, our cortisol get so burned out because it's an anti-inflammatory um, drug. That's why when you uh, when you work out, right, cortisol gets released because you're creating inflammation. And the the cortisol is an anti-inflammation drug. And so if you're but if you're always using it and your your cortisol is you know burned out, you can't like so all it takes is a little bit of insult. So you eat, 
you know, fucking nightshade. And all of a sudden, you've got a food allergy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, man. Like, your body's so out of whack because you're a goddamn mouth-breathing, over-breather, dysfunctional breather. And no one's teaching you how to fix this shit. But they're going to give you a food allergy test. And they're going to tell you to avoid all these foods and stuff like that. And it's like, well, maybe you do, man. But if you breathe like shit, like, you need to fix that first. And then figure out if you have allergies. Then figure out if you've got, you know, asthma. Then figure out if you've got these, these things because... It's, you know, it's this basic thing. It's like somebody saying my back fucking hurts and you can't they touch can't your sell toes. You. They can't sell you anything like that though, James. They can though. That's yeah. the thing. Like that's the thing. It's just no one, it's it's just weird, man. Because a lot of the breathwork stuff, it has like a a, a woo-woo element to mm -hmm. it. And so it's, it's, it's really hard. Like that was, you know, it gets lip service in the fitness industry, but you don't, not really like it should. You know, that's something that we're starting to understand. And again, you look at the science behind it and stuff like that. There's, when you start digging into it, like, dude, go, go Google breathing certification or breathwork certification. It's fucking madness how many there are out there. Is there a lot of them? Yeah. Like, it's a, it, like, breathwork and breathing is a big thing, but a lot of them are in this, like, woo woo, woo, -woo, -woo kind, kind of side. Yoga fucking bullshit. Yeah. The stuff man. I don't like. A little bit, yeah. So, you know, you got XPT. I'm looking at doing the Oxygen Advantage. They've got a certification. Um, so, just a little bit more kind of like, you know, science and fact and performance base as opposed to like spiritual and, and emotional base, which is fine, man, because fuck. I mean, we talk to the spirit world every day with Wim Hof, man. So, I, there is a side to that, but I think that's one of the reasons. It gets uh, it gets dismissed because man, there's no reason you can't teach people how to like breathe properly during an exercise. You know what I mean? I mean, you were a coach for a while, mm -hmm. and and I know you, man. You were doing the fucking best you could because like you really care. And if you would have known like how important this was, and like oh, you know, this is how people need to be breathing, and they shouldn't be they shouldn't do things that make them not able to breathe right. So if I increase your load or I have you do an exercise, you know what I mean? So I put you through a wad, uh, then, and you're compromising your breathing, that's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's a time and place for that. It's called competition. <laughs> you know, like, but when you're training. Right. Like, when the lights are yeah. on and it's time to go, go. But yeah, when you're training, like your breathing is so fucking important. And if you train that, it's, it's, there's just so many good things that happen from it. Like you said, like with the isometrics, like once you tie your breathing to the isometrics, it just gets so much better. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, but we just and you get stronger too. Stronger. Like, like you can, you know, I've, uh, I almost got two minutes on a chin up hang. Nice. Do so isometric and pull ups. Now you can't go as long, but chin ups where you got your palms facing you, you know, just so everybody listening. That's how I chin ups yeah. and pull ups. Yeah. When you do a chin up hang, chin over the bar and just really concentrating on the breathing. Dude, you know, I can do a minute pretty easy. I almost hit two minutes the other day. Nice. And like, I mean, that's a long time, dude. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't easy. I was shaking and really at that point. By the time I get to that point, I'm, you know, right. getting after it. You now, know? now, is that strength training or is that breath work training? Both, huh? Right. But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's where, and then the way you do the stretching, right? Like breathing in and mm -hmm. hold and move. Is that breath work training or is that mobility, mobility. or flexibility? It's both, and that like that's how you know really it should be. Like once the the breath work is what connects everything together. It's what brings everything together. It's like this is this is how you breathe, and now this is how you apply this to different areas. But it always comes back 
to this. And that's how you can always kind of self-monitor and check and say, am I doing this right? Well, can you breathe properly? Like that should be your first fucking question. And if you can't, then odds are no, you're not doing it right. And you should figure out how to be able to do it and breathe properly. And if more people would just do that, it would, it would make a huge impact on, on so much shit. But the, uh, yeah, breath work and isometrics and it's, uh, it is a different, a different path than most people. Take. I've been getting into the rhythm now because, you know, they move my start time up at work. We'll talk about this and wrap it up. But, yeah. you know, I've been having to go into work like an hour and a half earlier mm-hmm. than I was there for a while. And it's taken a minute to get into rhythm, man, because to try to work out in the morning and walk my dog and do all this shit, you know, I, I finally kind of get a system in place um, uh, to where, you know, I'm doing isometrics every morning. Yeah. So I don't have a ton of time to do a workout. So you can get a full body workout in 15 minutes. Yeah. You, you really can. So I've been trying to do, I've been pretty good about it, getting into this rhythm of isometrics every morning. Yeah, you and can just, do it, man. You can just, yeah, because it's, you're not destroying your muscles. No. You know, so you're not all sore. You're, you're not risking injury by overtraining. You know, I don't think so. Like, yeah. No, and, science shows, man. You can train isometrics pretty much every day. And yeah, and I've been doing them every morning. And I'll vary the intensity. Like, yeah. If I, if it, like that one day I talked about, like, I, I was like, all right, let's see how long I can do the chin up for. The next day when I do my chin up hold or my pull, I just decrease the intensity a little bit. Yeah. I'm just not an idiot about it. You know, so I, I'll vary the intensity from day to day here and there and different, different movements, you know. And because some days, I don't do like one whole day where I'm going hardcore intensity and everything. I vary it. Like, so my squat this day is going to be real intense and my pull up, you know, my pulling move is going to be real intense. The rest are just, the rest are going to be intense, but not yeah. selling out. And then the next day, you know, those couple moves will be, I'm doing them, but I'm not selling out. The other ones I'll sell, you know, so I kind of vary the intensity within the workout each day. It's bad, yeah. but like, dude, the isometrics in the morning, you know, you're out there at 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning, getting woke up. Like, you feel good afterwards. You're like, yeah. I know, man. I know. I need to do more of that. I've overcomplicated my training life. Yeah, I, I do back to isometrics. I, I do that all the time. I overcomplicate it, and it's dude. It's tough with the isometrics too because when you get done, you're not soaked in sweat, tired. So then you start, man. Did I work out hard enough? Yeah. So then you start, well, fuck. I'm just wasting my time. I mean, it's it's for me. It's kind of tough because like, oh, I'm not drenched in sweat. For me, I'm I not, get I start to feel guilty because I got so many other fucking toys to play with, and right. I'm like, oh man, I should be doing mace this, or I should be doing Indian club that, or yep. I should be doing I do, I'm the same fucking way. kettlebell whatever. Why, oh, why didn't I use my Bulgarian bag? Oh yeah. fuck, I did. I haven't done sandbag. Oh, I got my ram roller. Yep. Fuck yeah, dude. Yes. Yeah. And I always have the the FOMO, like, oh fuck, I should have been doing this. Yes. Dude, I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Dude, it's, I know. I'm just, I, I hearing you say that though. Is I need a a, a detox, a fucking training detox isometrics just pure isometrics, just isometrics for a bit and then start to introduce other shit back in you do you know because my my life got flipped upside down a little bit in the last you know month or so just yeah. you know with my dog getting hit blah 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 so things have changed a little bit how i've been doing it is most of my work i still do movement based shit here and there depending on the day the schedule but a lot of it is isometrics and then like like i did yesterday most of my work my workout in the morning was isometric isometrics i got home and I had to spend some time out in the yard with my dog doing a rehab and stuff. And it was a nice day out, out in the sun. And she likes, to, you know, being in the grass and her just rolling around in the grass. She really digs it. It's good for her recovery. Yeah. So I put her out in the grass and she's just chilling. Like, oh, I'm just chilling out here. I went and grabbed my mace. I'm just doing, you know, so I'm out here. I took my shirt off, soaking up the sun. 
I'm getting my dog hanging out with my dog. She's digging it. I'm, I, just, I do some reps with the mace. I set it down, do some stuff with her. She yeah. gets a little tired. I set her down. I grab the mace. And so no structure to it. Yeah. Just out there moving around in the sun. like That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't like, I got to do this many we reps. We like training's magic, man. I know. If I do this exercise for this reps at this weight, I'm going to I know get X result. And it's like, dude, it's no, not man, that. Just get just yeah. get out there. Just do it. Like you got to look, you're just outside hanging out with yep. Z. He's jumping his bike or something. Yeah. That's why I do a lot of, man. Like I'll just, I'll get fucking bored or I'll be in here. I got to take a, like a 10 minute break and yeah. i just go grab my mace and go on the back porch and yeah, just go swing around a little shit. bit, man. Yeah, so, yeah that's about yeah. it. I just got to do my ISOs in the morning. Yep. Just do it. That's them. a good idea. Yeah. So. All right, we'll, we'll leave it on that note. Breath work, isometrics, do them in the morning. You have a better day. Yep. And, uh, Guaranteed. That yeah. is a prescription to have a great day. It'll help you focus on yourself, which will help everybody. Focus on yourself, people. Yeah. All right. All right, man. See you. See you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. I'm a hermit now, Doggy school, foggy, cool, got a froggy outside Molly, dude. Now they're calling Daisy Duke, hanging by the lace of their shoes. No trace of the tools, shaped in your face, fuck the rules. Snooze, you lose. One eye always open, it times two. No clue, but soon a brief monsoon might give you a view to choose. Stay tuned, include, won't conclude. Till the end is near, beware, there's consequences, but what you do. Hey.